I'm so happy to be here with you today in the house of the Lord. Those lights are so bright. Do, do I, okay, so maybe I can't see. <laughs> God is good. Oh, now I'm going to have to teach you what I teach my inmates in Santa Rita Jail. When I say God is good, you have to say it like he's good. That was tired. That was weak. You didn't say it like you meant it. You didn't say it like you know him. Now, when I say God is good, that's a little bit better. God is good. God is good. And all the time. Y'all got that. Let me get a church a hand. Hallelujah. As I was planning for today, I thought God was taking me in one direction. That's a whole nother sermon. I wanted to talk to you, and in my heart was so strong about running in the strength of Elijah. But God said, that's another day. That's another day. You have to speak to the situation that the body is in right now. And God said, I want you to release an atmosphere of healing. Release an atmosphere of healing. See, I, I, I stand before you today because of the miraculous hand of God on my life. He said, I want you to share your testimony. There is so much that God has done for me. I sometimes just sit and marvel because I can't even comprehend or imagine or, or feel like I even deserve all that God has done for me. But as we go into the scriptures, I'm going to let you know that what he's done for me, you entitled to this. See, you can have some entitlement when it comes to healing. I'm going to give you the word on it. I want you to understand it's your benefit. When God called us to pastor, I was laid out 100% disabled. I had a slip and fall. I broke my spine. I developed degenerative disc disease, degenerative arthritis, severe fibromyalgia, um, Renaud syndrome. I had a sleep disorder, and I would be in pain from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet and in muscle spasms. I, had, I needed a discectomy. You know what that is? The fluid had leaked out of discs in my back and I had bone rubbing against bone. We would be in a grocery store and I'm sure my son and my husband will remember the days I would be walking, I didn't walk around by myself walking with the children, my husband nearby, and I'd say, catch me, my back is going, catch me. And they'd have to catch me and take me and put me in the car. I would get trigger point injections. I treated with Dr. Stephen Levitt on Peel Hill in Oakland. He couldn't understand what was wrong with me because what they felt like at first is that it was all in my head. So they sent me for some kind of an x-ray. I don't even know what it's called. But it showed all these pain areas throughout my entire body. So he said, what I think you have is fibromyalgia. I'm going to send you to the leading specialist, Dr. William Bennett. I'm a name drop. At the Oregon Health Sciences University in Portland, Oregon. In order to get to my treatments, my husband would drive me there 
many times drive us there in the van. I had a futon laid out in the back because I couldn't sit up for all that time. So I lay on that futon. When, he got, when we got there and I'd get my treatments, it was a minimum of six trigger point injections. The needles are about this long. Now, I also had a treating physician in the Bay Area in Oakland and Alameda, Dr. Harrington. When Dr. Harrington treated me, he said, I want you to come on the noon hour or after work because when you scream, you scare my patients. So what I want to do when the neighboring doctor's office is closed for lunch, I'm going to take you over to the neighboring office. And I'm going to give you your treatments over there. Because when you scream, you can scare his patients. See, this thing was so um, overwhelming to my body. The pain was so bad. We had to have handrails put in the upstairs of our house. Stair rails were put in in about a six-foot space from our bathroom to the bedroom because I couldn't get there without holding on to something. Our son Joshua would often make my breakfast before they went to school and bring it and leave it on the nightstand because I couldn't get down the stairs to get food. So they would have to leave food for me. I've been on every kind of narcotic that the doctors had. I was on one narcotic that made me hallucinate and I would hear the children coming in the house and I would hear them talking loud and I would hear them making noise and I would wake up startled. And I told my doctor, I said, you know, I'm hallucinating. What's going on with that? He said, no, those are audio dreams. You're actually dreaming, but the narcotic is making you feel like you're awake. And so I had to stop working. My head would be in such severe pain, I had migraine headaches. The pain would be so severe that it was going to feel like the back, it would feel like the back of my head was going to explode. I can remember sitting on the BART train trying to get home from work because, see, I came from poverty. I came from West Oakland. My mama was on welfare. My daddy died when I was four. My mama couldn't give me what I wanted in life. My mama had an eighth grade education and she was on welfare. I remember the day I found out that we were on welfare. I remember standing at the door and looking out the window, feeling like nothing and feeling like somehow I want more than this. And then when I became 100% disabled, I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't give my children what I wanted to give them because now at 34 years old, I was diagnosed as 100% disabled, 100%. The trigger point injections would have to go into the muscle spasm. Severe fibromyalgia has twin muscle spasms down the entire body. When I got to Oregon Health Sciences uh, University in Portland, Oregon, Dr. William Bennett took a special interest in my case because he said, first of all, you are off the charts. I've never seen anyone this severe. Second of all, all the tests that we've run, we cannot understand why you are not clinically depressed or suicidal. And I looked at Dr. Bennett, leading specialist in the United States, 
And I said, doctor, I'm a creation of the creator. He made me and he can fix me. I'm a creation of the creator. I have been on narcotics that I was hooked on. I've been through withdrawals three times. It felt like ants were crawling through my bloodstream. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I have to give you, see, God said, open up an atmosphere of healing. Release an atmosphere of healing. So that's what I came to do. That's my mission today. And he said, I want you to start by telling them what I did for you. Tell them your testimony, what I did for you. So I, in this condition, 100% disabled, I was still going to do my ministry in the jail. Well, how are you doing that? I'm so glad you asked. I'd be in bed two or three days trying to get enough strength to go out and preach my Tuesday night service. After I preached my Tuesday night service, I'd come back and get back in bed for another day or two until I recovered from preaching my Tuesday night service. I can remember getting ready to go preach a Tuesday night service and my knees, I needed both my knees replaced. The cartilage was rubbing against cartilage. When I would bend my knees, you would hear that it was very, very painful. And I would ask God, do I go after these Philistines? And I would hear him say, yes. 99% of the time. Let me put you in check. You better stop listening to your body. You better start listening to your God. You better start saying, God, whatever you want me to do, my answer is yes. And I remember the night I had gone to do my, my sermon, my chapel service at Santa Rita Jail. I had a chapel full of ladies. And before I could even get to the message, the opening prayer must have lasted about 45 minutes. God was knocking down strongholds. God was healing and setting free. God was releasing power in the house. And all of a sudden, see, those were the days when we could lay hands on you. I moved my podium to the side. The ladies just lined up. And as we prayed, they were slain, filled in the Holy Ghost, baptized with power, delivered, set free. And as I preached, I forgot all about, come on, that's what I want to see. Y'all act like a black church this morning. Is that all right? As I preached, I forgot all about me. Can somebody give me a bottle of water? And the next day or two, I heard God say, Diane, where is your pain? And I begin to bend my knees. I, open it for me. Open it for me. I begin to bend my knees. I begin to squat. I begin to do what I could not do. And I said, wait a minute, God. See, my body told me I couldn't go. Oh, somebody's. Mm -mm. My body told me you're in too much pain. My body told me you're not up to this. My body repeated what the doctor said, you need both your knees replaced. That's what the doctor told me. And the Lord said, where is your pain? And I began to realize there was no more pain. The pain was gone. I understood what happened to the 10 lepers then. See, it wasn't that they had a miraculous instant healing 
when they went in front of Jesus. It was when they obeyed. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. It was in obedience. Hey, hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, you have to excuse me. The girl feels like preaching this morning. You have to excuse me because he's done so much for me. So much for me. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Hallelujah. He raised me up to do ministry. He raised me up to fulfill my calling. When I was 100% disabled, God said, will you pastor? I'm one of those little crazy children that obeys whatever he says. I got out of bed. I had just had six trigger point injections. I laid out on the floor in our bedroom and I said, God, I went to Psalm 103 and I began to decree and declare the word of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. All that's in me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Forget not all of his benefits. I said, God, it's my benefit to be healed. I've accepted the job. I've said yes. I don't serve a probation period. I'm a daughter of the King, of the Most High God. It's my benefit to be healed. And I have to tell you, in 2002 to 2023, this girl has never needed another trigger point injection. Hey, hallelujah. See, what is wrong with us today? The devil is telling you this is not for you. The devil is telling you, you are never going to get any better. But the last time I checked, the Bible says he's the father of lies. He's a liar and the truth is not in him. So many times, and I, I'm going to get to the scriptures, but so many times we decide whatever the doctor's prognosis and diagnosis is, that's it. See, one thing I never did, I never claimed what they gave me. Every good and perfect gift comes from everything that they told me wasn't good, wasn't perfect. Everything that they wanted to give me was not from God. So I decided I didn't have to accept it. I can remember going down and I told God, yes, I would pastor. In that condition, trigger point injections every six weeks. My doctor said, I keep a certain amount of morphine in this office. I have a very small supply. I will hold that supply for only you because you need it more than any of my other patients. I said, no, thank you, doctor. He said, you don't take all your medications like you should. I said, doctor, I'm not interested in waking up and my liver is laying next to me in the bed. He made me, he can fix me. He made me. That's my testimony. He made me, he can fix me. 
And I continued in my ministry out in Santa Rita, having Tuesday night chapel services. We were in revival in the jail. That's a whole nother testimony. That's a whole nother Sunday. But God was pouring out his spirit, pouring out his power. One of the ladies, I'll tell you this and move on, came in the service. I saw what looked like gray around her eyes, Latino. I noticed all the Latinos were on her row. I said, okay, God, that's my shot caller. All this gray and darkness, black around her eyes. I thought, this woman is in jail. How did she get all that makeup? After the service, she came and stood in my face. There was no makeup. She said, Pastor, I just want to ask you to pray for me. Thank you so much. She didn't mean right then. I looked at my deputy. Give me five minutes. Call my team around her. I said, lay hands on this sister. We're about to cast these demons out. And we laid hands on her. She went down, slain in the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. And one of the ladies on my team said, Pastor, I saw something wobble off of her like a it was something that you could see like some kind of a cloud that wobbled up we didn't see it but one of my team members did wobbled off of her the lady came to my service the next time maybe two weeks later she came walking in rejoicing all the Latinos came walking in rejoicing <laughs> One of my teammates said, Pastor, that's the lady that you prayed for. I said, really? She was aglow. She said, can I testify? I said, of course you can testify. See, that's what today is about. We have to testify. We got to tell of his goodness. We got to let the world know what God has done because he's real. This is real. She said, Pastor, when you prayed for me, she told everybody. She said, I had a 21-year heroin addiction. She said, but when you prayed for me, it broke. She said, I saw a dark line. See, I saw the darkness around her eyes. She said, I saw a dark line in front of me for many, many years, and I could not get through the darkness. But when you prayed for me, the darkness broke. She testified that she belonged to the Lord Jesus Christ. When she got out of incarceration, I was notified that she had connected with the church, and not long after that, she came into position as an assistant pastor. They said, we want you to be a part of her ordination. I'm on the way. Hallelujah. See, that your testimony, what God wants to do for you, but the enemy wants to keep you muzzled because if he can keep you receiving and decreeing and declaring that you got X, Y, Z, you're never going to understand that ABC belongs to the children of God. This is what's yours. Hallelujah. I know I'm trying to keep in touch with the time, but I have to just share the word of the Lord. He said, share your testimony and release an atmosphere of healing. See, sometimes when you know better, you do better. I've heard too many people say, I can't ask God for me. I said, you crazy if you can't ask God for you. You got to ask God for you. He's the only one that can fix your crazy behind. He's the only one that can change your life. See, this is the way I talk to the inmates. 
You jacked up. You tore up from the floor up. Your mama and your daddy are sick of you. They don't want to have anything to do with you. Your kids have blocks on the phone. Ain't nobody interested in your mess. Ain't nobody interested in your foolishness but Jesus. When he went to Calvary, when he hung on a cross, when he bled and died, your name was engraved on the palm of his hands. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. I decided as a child not to be a product of my environment. Now the difference, I had a praying mother. I had a mother that I heard laid out on the floor praying and crying for me at night. Praying and crying for her children. Y'all better start crying. You better get your lazy tails up and begin to decree and declare that as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. See, your child, this is the way you roll. I don't feel like going to church this morning. All right, baby, you just stay home. No, we didn't play that. Come here, let me lay hands on you. You are healed in Jesus' name. Take your tail to the van right now in the name of Jesus. We're going and fast and pray tonight. We're going to pray all night. Get your pillow, get your blood. See how they learned how to pray? We didn't let them just lay in bed and do nothing and act like they were children of the world. No, if you're going to be a child of God, parents, get some do right in you so you can begin to raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. You've got to be able to take them to fast and pray. Don't leave your children home. Take them. When mine were little, we'd be in the prayer meetings. I had a wooden spoon in my purse. So when, uh, hey, when it got too bad with him, baby, look in my purse. Few times we had to make a trip to the bathroom. The whole church heard them rejoicing. Hallelujah. They got delivered. We got delivered. We could go back and keep on praising God. But you've got to understand that this is your inheritance. There is an atmosphere of healing that is open for you. Stop deciding. I never said my fibromyalgia is not mine. I had arthritis in my fingers. My mother had it. Generational stuff. When I started the arthritis, I said, uh-uh. Generational arthritis. I'm covered with the blood of Jesus. Get off of me. Get off of me. Get off of me. Get off of me. You loose me and let me go. And if you don't, I'll put the blood on you. It broke. It broke. I don't have arthritis in my hands. Bishop Peter every now and then gets a cramp in his leg, cramp in his hip die he'll jump up in the middle of the night you know what happens at our house I'll hear him jump up in pain I thought oh boy shake head I will get off of him now that thing breaks like that breaks like that and the devil wants you to believe that all that you're going through is taking a toll on you remember he's a liar when my son was in the hospital and that Thursday night 
when he called me. They've given me the wrong medicine. This and that and that is happening. Son, I'm on the way. I drove out there and I remember talking to him on the phone. I'm hearing from God and I'm listening. I'm driving out there. I said, within the hour, you're going to stabilize. I'd heard from the Lord and I got out there. I stayed with him until about 1030. He was stable and then I came home. I'm driving out of the parking lot and I heard the devil say, ah, this is taking a toll on you. I started laughing. I said, no, devil, this is taking a toll on you. Because the last time I checked, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm blood-bought. I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. El Gabor, the mighty warrior, fights for me. He wars on my behalf in the heavenly. I am more than a conqueror through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. No, this is taking a toll on you. Glory to God. Somebody better get a grip and hold on to truth like you've never held on to it before. Get a grip and get deeper, deeper, deeper in what God is saying for you. Consequently, Romans 10 and 17, faith comes by hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of Christ. I've given you my testimony. Now I'm going to give you the word of Christ. In Acts 3 and 16, poor man was sitting at the gate, beautiful. The poor man was born lame. His parents took him there every day, couldn't work, laid him down at the gate so he could beg for alms. And there was two apostles, Peter and John, that walked up. And they, he asked them for money, and, and one of the apostles said, wait a minute, look at me, boy. Why, I got to shift your focus. You focused on your problem. You focused on your disability. You focused on your diagnosis. You focused on your lifestyle, sitting here begging at the gate. You focused on poverty. Break that. Look at me, boy. Silver and gold have I none. In, all, in other words, I'm not about to give you a penny. But such as I have, give I unto you in the name. In the name. The name that is above every name. In the name. The name that demons have to bow down below the earth. In that name. The name when I call it all of audible shake. All of heaven rejoices in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I'm not going to get him mixed up with Jesus. Get up and walk. Oh, y'all going to learn how to shout today. Hallelujah. Y'all going to learn how to shout today. Get up and walk. Strength came to him. He took him by the right hand. Strength came to him. He got up jumping and leaping and praising God. By faith in the name of Jesus, 316, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name. It's not the name of the disease. It's not the name of the diagnosis. It's not the name of the prognosis. In the name of Jesus and faith that comes through him that was given this man complete healing. 
So I've given you my testimony, but there's a few other testimonies that I felt like I needed to share with you because Daniel raised his hand as the Lord was speaking to me. And in Daniel, the 10th chapter, he said, Bishop, I had fasted and I had prayed for 21 days. And guess what? I was faithful to prayer. I was faithful to God, but nothing happened, Bishop. See, we get tired of the weight. We want to throw in the towel with the weight. But if you just hold on, and then, then he said, you just, listen, girl, on the 24th day of the month, I saw a man, I saw an angel. He appeared unto me, and he made me so weak. The man touched me, and I just fell out prostrate. And then he touched me again. He said, get up, and he got up. Why did it take so long? War in the heavenlies. See, you give up while the war is going on. You give up before the battle is won. I was wrestling and fighting with the king of Persia. I couldn't get to you until now. And I had to look up and call Michael, the archangel. Tell him, get over here, boy, and help me. We got a breakthrough. Daniel is in need. You have to learn that your warfare is above your positioning. Your warfare is in the heavenlies. Our waging battle is not with flesh and blood. It's with powers and principalities, rulers of darkness in. You too busy warring on this field. You too busy warring down here. You too busy. Hallelujah. So Daniel, I want to thank you. But you said from the first day, from the first day that I prayed, he told me he heard me. You've got to believe that he hears you. The devil wants you to think that God is not listening to you. God's not hearing you. Need to. He's going to list all the stuff that he can pull your strings on. Because see, the devil is watching your behavior. He doesn't know your mind. He doesn't know your destiny. But he knows your behavior. And he sees your lineage. He sees where you came from, who, who your parents were. He knows that you are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. And then David raised his hand in the sixth chapter and he said, the Lord has heard my supplication. The Lord will receive my prayer. I'm in agreement with David. I'm in agreement. But in verse six, David had to just come clean. He said, listen, I am worn out. Anybody been there and done that? I'm worn out. I'm tired. I keep pressing and pressing and pressing, but it seems like I can't get any further than where I am. Nothing seems to change. I keep pressing and pressing. I'm worn out. I didn't cry. My whole bed is wet, not just my pillow. My whole bed is soaked with tears. My eyes are practically. 
practically crossing, going blind because I've cried so hard. Oh, anybody know what I'm talking about? But when he gets to verse 9, no matter what I'm going through, no matter how hard it is, my over 20 years of disability laying on my back, I knew that God was my, my Lord. I knew he was my shepherd. I knew he was my shield. I have to hear what Job said all the days of my appointed time. I don't know about you, but I'm just going to hold on. I'm going to wait until my change comes because someone needs to understand change is coming. Hezekiah raised his hand in 2 Kings, the 20th chapter, and I, I had to call on him. He said, listen, Bishop, there's a mighty prophet. His name is Isaiah, and he came and he, he prophesied to me, and he told me, listen here, boy, get your house in order. You're going to die. You're going to surely die. See, that's what the doctor has said to some. You're going to surely die. This was a prophet of God. But wait a minute. Hezekiah knew God too. Before he went all in to buy what the prophet was saying, Hezekiah, he said, I turned my face to the wall, Bishop, and I began to cry, and I began to plead with God, and I began to remind God, God, I've been faithful. God, I've done your work. God, I took care of your sheep. God, I've been to prayer meeting. God, I've studied. God, I've preached your word. God, I've dealt with cray-cray people in my flock. God, I haven't quit. God, I kept going. God, I didn't stop. See, it wasn't that God forgot. Isaiah needed to release a word into his atmosphere so he could get himself straight and realize the grace of God on his life. Even in the difficulty, I got to know that grace still works. I've got to know that mercy is still for me. I've got to know that God's got me even in this place. Isaiah, what you doing coming back? Listen, boy, I heard God before I got to the court, the outer court. God said, I've heard your prayers. God said, Hallelujah. God said, I've seen your tears. See, not a tear is wasted. What I understand so clearly, God doesn't waste my pain. God didn't waste. Hallelujah. He doesn't waste what I'm going through. And listen, this is what the Lord said to tell you. I'm going to surely heal you. In three days, you're going up to the house of the Lord. Don't give up. I'm adding 15 years to your life. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to defend you. I'm going to also defend this city. I'm going to also take charge of this city for my servant David's sake. Hallelujah. 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 Heaven is released. The healing power is released. Heaven's gates are open. The power of darkness breaks. We are a people that are in time.
entitled to healing. We are We are a people that have a benefit, a benefit to be healed, a benefit to be set free. This is my inheritance. This is what Jesus said belongs to me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It says in 1 John 5, 14 through 15, this is the remarkable degree of confidence which we as believers are entitled to. Somebody say, I'm entitled to this. See, if the devil can keep you stupid when it comes to faith, you're going to be stuck on stupid. But this is what the word of God says you are entitled to. I'm entitled to have before him that if we ask anything, somebody say ask anything. Ask anything according to his will that is consistent with his plan and purpose. Stop a minute. Is it his plan and purpose for you to be sick? Is it his plan and purpose for you to not be blessed? Is it his plan and purpose for you to be depressed and heartbroken? Is it his plan and purpose for you to be afraid? Is it his plan? Come on, somebody. He said in Jeremiah 29 and 11, the plans that I have for you are to bless you and not to harm you and to give you hope and a future. You'll call to me. I'll hear you. You'll seek me. You'll find me when you seek me with all of your heart. He's tired of your half-stepping seeking. I'm going to seek you only on Sunday. I'm going to seek you when I feel like it. He's tired of your behind laying up calling him when you're desperate. How about seeking me 24-7? When you seek me with all of your heart, I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I'm entitled to this, anything that I ask. And if we know for a fact, as indeed we do, that he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask. You got to know that he hears you. He's a whatever God. He's a whatever God. He asked Jeremiah, boy, is there anything too hard for me? He's a whatever God. He's a anything God. Hallelujah. We know he hears and listens to us in whatever we ask. We also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted to us the requests which we have asked of him. Somebody take a praise break. Begin to worship him in this house. Begin to worship him. Your petitions are answered. Begin to praise him. Begin to know that he heals you. Begin to worship him. Hallelujah. 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 Isaiah raised his hand in the 65th chapter. He said, before they call, God said, I will answer. And while they're still speaking, I will hear them. In other words, he's a God who knows even before we cry out, he already knows. You act like he didn't know. You act like you couldn't understand why he hasn't answered. You act like you don't realize that he hears you, but he hears 
hears you. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13 and 8. We have the word of faith and fact that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. In other words, he hasn't stopped healing. He hasn't stopped delivering. He hasn't stopped setting captives free. In Matthew 4 and 24, there's a testimony of the demon-possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, all kind of severe pain. I know about that. Listen, they brought them all to Jesus. They laid him at Jesus' feet. He didn't step over him and say, you haven't tithed. I'm not going to heal you. You haven't been to church. I'm not going to heal you. But the Bible says he healed them all. I'm entitled to this. It's my benefit. Jesus died for me to have this. Hallelujah. There was a woman who had to testify in Luke the 13th chapter. Poor girl had been had dealing with the spirit of infirmity for 18 years. The Bible said she had been crippled by a spirit. One of the greatest parts of my healing that I experienced I would go into Faith Hall at Christian Cathedral downstairs in the church. I would fast and pray all night long. At least one night a week, I had a futon because I was in bad physical shape. I had a futon. My pastor said something to me that I didn't like. She said, Diane, this is a demon. I didn't like that. I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, do speak in tongues, the spirit give utterance, that of a mighty burning fire. But I thought, let me test this. If she sees it, I have to acknowledge this. And I began to fast and pray and come against what the doctors couldn't handle. And I began to deal with it as a demon. I saw something one night in the spirit that looked like an octopus. It had many, many tentacles, and it was wrapped all around me. And I was shaking, trying to get out. I said, I see it now. I kept praying and praying and pressing and pressing and calling on Jesus. And all of a sudden, I saw a hand reach down from heaven. He took that thing and shook it off of me. He threw it into a lake of fire. and I've been dealing with this for 18 years. The doctors don't know what to do. I spent everything and Jesus saw her. Some theologians say she was bent over backward, not forward. Because see, the Bible says Jesus called her forward. They said she was bent over backward for 18 years in terrible pain and Jesus called her forward and said, loose her and let her go. In the name of Jesus. Woman, thou art loosed. Man, thou art loosed. Whatever it is, in the name of Jesus, thou art loosed. Break right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. James raised 
master's hand can I take my time over in the fifth chapter he said listen bishop this is my testimony if anybody is hurting they need to pray if anybody's feeling great they need to sing but if you're sick call for the elders of the church let those church folks get around you let them rub you down with some real blessed oil not that stuff you bought on Facebook let them rub you down with some real blessed oil and let them pray over you anointing you in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise them up he said that's my testimony and if they have any sin they can confess it and they'll be forgiven I prayed for people and there was a block. I've experienced blocks of unforgiveness. I've experienced blocks, hallelujah, abortion. Oh, it's a block. I laid hands on a woman that was just a block. And the Lord revealed it to me and I whispered in her ear. I said, have you had an abortion? She said, I never told anybody. She said, how did you know? I said, the Holy Spirit revealed it. Repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, I want you to forgive me for the sin of murder. I want you to forgive me for the sin of murder. I renounce a spirit of murder. I'm the blood-bought property of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then when I laid hands on her, she was slain in the spirit and set free. There was a block. There's blocks of unforgiveness. That's a whole nother sermon. I prayed for someone, many. The block is unforgiveness. You not willing to forgive whatever happened to you. One of the greatest freedoms that I learned to have was forgiveness. See, y'all don't know this girl. I finished high school with two bodyguards, one in the classroom and one outside the classroom because I was almost killed at 15 years old. See, you just don't know. But I learned, nobody taught me. I learned how to forgive. I learned how to let it drop. And I learned how to pray for the person who had harmed me. How about that? You still busy cursing them. You still busy talking about I'll never forgive them. Yeah, you're going to always stay stuck and blocked. But once you forgive, the gates of heaven opens. If you forgive those who have sinned against you, your heavenly father, God is saying, don't get in my face with all that unforgiveness in your heart. You got to come to me humble, break yourself, be willing to forgive whatever it is. And then I'm going to deal with you because you are busy sitting around looking like somebody got a, a piece of little something in their eye and you got a whole block in yours. You got all kind of skeletons in the closet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. First Peter 2 and 24, talking about Jesus, he used his servant body to carry our sins to the cross so we could be rid of sin, free to live the right way. His wounds became your healing. Let me tell you what's wrong with the body of Christ. You want to mix Jesus with junk. You want to claim all the promises in the book, but you want to live your lifestyle. 
You want to compromise. Oh, you want to be, um, what is that word? Um, not politically correct. What's that word when they, you know? You want to be so careful. You're all out on Facebook agreeing with every demon out there. When you need to be somewhere in your prayer closet reading your Bible, because if you read your Bible, maybe you'll get it straight in your mixed up head and understand that you're in sin with them. Oh, I, I, I just came to let it. He said, open up an atmosphere of healing. Hallelujah. So you, you have to get you straight. Come to God humble. Come to God saying, God, if I have sin in me, take it out. I can remember after he called me to pastor. I can remember days just laid out prostrate in our bedroom saying, God, show me. What is it, God? Show me. If there's something that you're not pleased with, God, just show me what it is, Lord. I repent and he brings things to me even from my childhood. And I begin to repent. See, ask him to show you, because that junk is still in you. Somebody say, well, I'm saved. I'm covered with the blood. Yes, you are saved, but a whole lot of you may not be sanctified yet. There's some stuff in you that you need to get out so God can fill that void with his glory, his power, his anointing. You want that anointing. You want to lay on hands. You want to do all the miracles, signs and wonders. But baby, you better be willing to pay the price because this is not cheap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You got to ask, Jesus said in Mark, ask and it will be given to you, Mark in 11. Seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. Do you believe it? For everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. And I have to finish this. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Some of you stopped short with salvation. I got fire insurance, that's all I need. <laughs> you need to keep pressing into the book of Acts, the second chapter. You need to show up at these prayer meetings that my daughter has, and you need to press until you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues, evidence of your baptism, as in the upper room, you stopped short. And as a result, what do you have? When the Spirit of the Lord came on them, they were baptized. The John the Baptist testified and said, Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Jesus is the baptizer. You've got to ask him to baptize you. You've got to cry out to him. You have to not stop on first base. There's a whole game that you have to make it back to, through. You've got to get to home plate. You're going to go through some things in your life. But you receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. 
and you'll be my witnesses in El Cerrito and in Richmond and in San Jose and wherever you are. You're going to be my witnesses. I'm going to give you power. The last time you told somebody that they need Jesus in their life, can you remember when that was? The last time you brought somebody to church because you know they're going to hell, can you remember when that was? You need power. Hallelujah. See, when we were growing up, you stayed on the altar until you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We used to take turns on the altar. Pastor had all kind of people coming to the church to preach. We didn't know who they were. Young people got together. We said, tonight is your turn. Fall out, roll, spit. Do whatever you have to do so we can go home. We took turns. Pastor Larry, you know what I'm talking about. Seek him with all your heart. If you seek him, you will ever truly find him. I'm going to touch her quick. In, in Luke 6, 12 years, had an issue of blood. And the, the girl said, everybody said I was nasty. I, they had to keep me on the outskirts. I couldn't come among the people because I had issues. Issues. I don't act right because I have issues. I want to talk crazy to my pastors and leaders because I have issues. I can't follow instructions that the leadership gives me. I know better than they do because I have issues. Oh, she's going to break it down. See, when I go preach, you know what I tell them? I'm delivering what God said. You don't have to call me back. All I have to do is deliver the mail because he got another job lined up for me. I know you're calling me back. <laughs> 12 years, she had this issue of blood. But I heard that there was a man coming to town. And I heard he had a history of healing. I fooled around and listened and heard some of the testimonies. I heard that the blind were seen and the lame were walking. I heard about my boy at the gate, beautiful. I heard about the man that had crippled hands and he opened them up. I heard there was a healer in the house, in town. And I had to press my way. It didn't matter what they said about me. It didn't matter what they thought about me. It didn't matter what the priestly law was that I couldn't be around. No, no, no. I'm tired of my issue. I got to get to Jesus. I got to press until I receive the virtue that comes out of him. I've got to press until I receive my healing. I've got issues. I can't keep my mouth shut. I got issues. Everything that comes out is not godly. I got issues. When he called me to pastor, he said, you're going to go on a sugar fast until you get your act in track and your rearing gear. He spoke West Oakland language. Did you know he could do that? I'm married to that man over there, and I thought I was doing pretty good. I mean, I was a girl from West Oakland. I'll cut you if I had to. And then hit you with my billy club. And 
he would, something would go wrong and we'd be in an argument and I was quick to say, I'm not your child. Get my keys and I'm out the door. Where are you going? Talk to the hand, the ear ain't hearing you. God said, you're going to see to it that you respect your husband. You're going to see to it. Why? Because if you don't hear him, you're never going to hear me. If you don't hear your leaders, you're never going to hear God. You're struggling with all kind of stuff that babies struggle. See, I don't do well in a pastoral role. I do well in an apostle and in a bishop's role because I'm not willing to change the church dookie diapers. You ought to be a whole lot further than you are. You still struggling and on a bottle and drinking milk when you should be eating milk, meat. All you have to do is to press and get in obedience and follow your leaders. But when I reached out and touched him, she said, the healing virtue came out. Jesus, all of a sudden, wait a minute. I feel the healing virtue has gone out of me. Somebody touch me. The girl thinking, oh, but you, I say anything. I'm not even supposed to be here. No, somebody touch me. Listen, master, they're crowded all around you. How in the world can we tell you, uh, uh, somebody touch me? And then she testified. Hey! See, I came to testify. She testified, and she declared in the presence of everybody there the reason I came with an issue of blood. I've been bleeding for 12 years. The doctors can't fix me, but when I touched him, the issue dried up. When I touched him, I immediately received my healing. When I touched Jesus... And listen to what he said, daughter, your faith, your confidence and trust in me has made you well. Go enter into peace, untroubled, undisturbed, well-being. He didn't even tell her, go show yourself to the priest. Girl, you good now. All you had to do was touch me. If you can just touch the hem of his garment today. If you can just reach out and touch him. And if you begin to testify. You know they taught us growing up. Don't wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Anybody ever heard that? See life and death. Proverbs 18. Is in the power of your tongue. I'm in the process of my healing. God, I thank you. Now I'm teaching you. I reject this diagnosis. I reject this prognosis. If I had accepted, I would be asthmatic. I would have had both my knees replaced. I would have had spinal surgery. I would still be on all kind of narcotics. I'm sure there's more. Hallelujah. I don't receive this. God is a healer. He didn't waste my pain. Revelation 12, and I'm getting ready to let you worship. Revelation 12, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. So what is the word of your testimony? I'm being healed. 
They said, I have cancer, but God is my healer. By his stripes, I'm whole. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. They said, my kidneys are going to fail. Oh, no, that's not my testimony. They will not fail. I'm whole and I'm healed in the name of Jesus. My brother there, I remember praying for you. We prayed that God, if he chose to use the other hand, that the surgery would be miraculous. By his stripes, I'm healed. I'm whole. I was supposed to be in a wheelchair bedridden. I gave my wheelchair away. I don't know how many years ago somebody had an elderly mama or grandmama that needed it. Take mine. I'm not using it. Motorized wheelchair. Motorized wheelchair. Worship team, come join me. See, the gates of heaven are open. It is his desire. You're the one that he wants to use. His plan is to use you. You have a ministry. You have a purpose. Jeremiah told me that the, the Lord told him, listen, before you were even in your mother's womb, I knew you. I called you, Jeremiah. That's what Jeremiah told me. I appointed you. I assigned you. I gave you a ministry before you were even in your mother's womb. God, I claim what you gave me before I was in the womb. Hey! That's mine. The devil can't take it. It's mine. Those that just want to pray and press in, come on up to the altar. Hallelujah, yeah. Lay out prostrate, whatever you need to do. Get in touch with God. Get in touch with God. It is your benefit. Ask him. And I want you to take every diagnosis and every prognosis. Today is the day that you turn it around. God, the doctor said, but your word said. I'm in agreement with what your word said. I'm entitled to healing. It is my benefit to be healed. It is my benefit to be healed, God. I'm entitled to it. I want you to begin to worship him. Thank him for your healing. By his stripes, you are healed. Wounded for your transgressions. Bruised for your iniquities. The chastisement of your peace was upon him. By your stripes, his stripes, you are healed. Press in, press in. Claim your healing. Ask, and you will receive. Ask, ask, ask. When I said yes to God, I said, you made me, you can fix me. Hallelujah. And he did. Hallelujah. Press in. There's some that are watching online. Press in. Ask him for the healing that's yours. You're entitled to it. It is your benefit to be to be whole. He wants to use you for his glory. Press, church, press. 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 He will never fail. He cannot fail. Failure is not in his DNA. He's the son of God. He cannot fail. Oh God, we break through. Your people have suffered enough, Jesus. God, there's been enough suffering. Sickness, Lord. 
children. Church, God. Oh, we have an atmosphere of healing in this house. Heal your people. Heal your people. We receive the healing. Oh, we receive the healing. We receive more of you, Lord Jesus. of the church. I want you to come and lay hands on me. Pray with me.
no longer. Come on. The atmosphere. God, open the atmosphere. I'm no longer. Come on. Let's press in a little more. A little more. Come on. Let's worship Him. Let's press in.
spiritual warfare when things are released you got to fill the void pastor you don't have to kneel she's got you we're filling that if you want to <laughs> we fill the void now if you repeat after me if you're healed and you're set free and you have a testimony I want you to repeat after me I'm healed I'm set free I'm delivered and everything that's gone everything that left Jesus fill those voids fill the voids come on receive the filling see seven more come back with their partners when there's a vacancy fill the voids right now Jesus fill the voids fill the voids Fill the voids. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, I decree and declare these are no delivery zones. When the devil comes back knocking at the door, Jesus, answer the door. No weapon formed against this church and this body. No weapon formed against us prospers. Those that can hear me wherever you are, no weapon formed against you prospers. We are the blood-bought property of the Lord Jesus Christ. And every fiery dart, every disease, every sickness, every hindrance returns to the sender. We're in a no delivery zone. In the name of Jesus. God, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now give him praise. He's filled the voice. 